0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
0: Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan and auto-pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to Internet service. Actual speeds vary.
2: our season of giving back at Gossip Kia on the Pike and we've got the perfect holiday gift for you. Hit the road with 41 MPG Highway 2023 20 Kia Forte LXS $239 a month $27.99 do it signing. Get road ready SUVs seat 7 2023 Kia Sorento LX $319 a month $34.99 do it signing. And 8 passenger seating in your new 2024 Kia Telluride LX 459 a month thirty four ninety nine do it signing. All 36 month lease. Plus you'll get P of mind with Kia's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. As per Bobby J, he's ready to put you in a new Kia Today gossip Kia 1900 Covington Biker or online kiacovingtonbike.com. If you want. 50 Acquisition P, Forte RE six ninety nine oh ninety four MSRP 21,385, Sorrento PG 242 MSRP 33,010, Telluride RG 462-2822, MSRP 38,705, Includes all rebates and incentives, Must finance through Hyundai, Excludes tax title and license with approved credit Seeder for complete details, Offer valid through one 2024 dealer stock only.
1: Laurelwood Shopping Center is your unique shopping experience with a charming and distinctive gathering of fine stores, with everything from home decor and furnishings, personal service, men and women's apparel, dining and accessories, and specialty. Laurelwood is Memphis's premier open-air shopping and dining destination. Stay up to date with store promotions, new store announcements, and more by signing up for our email list at laurelwoodmemphis.com. Or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Laurel Shopping Center is located on Poplar
3: between Perkins Extended and Grove Park.
4: At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. And for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup
3: and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call,
4: quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, did
2: you know the Statue of Liberty is the
1: largest holiday gift ever given? That's a big deal, just like those at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Hey, did you know when the year ends, so do the deals? It's your journey. Own every mile at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Get 0% APR for 60 months, plus zero payments for 90 days, or 2500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offer ends January 2nd. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: Save big every day during Lowe's 25 days of deals. Right now, get these can't miss deals on appliances. Get up to 30% off, plus save up to an extra $750 on select major appliances. And with Lowe's Pay, you can buy now and pay later to get instant payment options for online purchases. Shop these savings because Lowe's knows deals every day. Valve to 1213. Appliance savings vary based on purchase amount. Exclusion supply, while supplies last. Selection varies by location. See Lowe's.com for details, subject to credit approval.
0: Heart failure, carpal tunnel syndrome, shortness of breath, stomach issues, lower back pain. How does it all add up? If you have heart failure and any of those seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, it's time to talk with your cardiologist and get the full picture. They may add up to transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy. ATTRCM is a rare and underdiagnosed disease. Recognize the signs and discuss them with your doctor soon. Learn more at connectwithyourheart.com. That's connectwithyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer.
2: It's 2 p.m. in Memphis, Giannotto and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence, live on Memphis' sports station, 92.9 FM ESPN.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter, on X, at jwright 929 espn Dennis Fuller is producing the program for us. Glad that he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals' lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at mgianato. Mark, good day, sir. Hello,
5: Jeffrey. It's
1: an interesting greeting.
5: Yeah, no, it's. I'm having. I've been having trouble wrapping my arms around. Like this is such a busy time for Memphis sports right now. Every day, I'm just struck by new develop. You know, new things going on. It's like we have two di- two additional. You know, sports beats with the stadium stuff, and um, you've got. Yeah, you know, the Michael Orr stuff, we don't even talk about it on air, but nationally that's like a, a big thing that's coming out of, you know, sports-ish story coming from Memphis. Obviously, Tiger basketball making kind of a national splash with the transfer edition of uh, Naquan Tomlin this week um, and obviously playing really well. But positioned as well as any Penny Hardaway team has been on December 13th, it feels like. Um, the Grizzlies, obviously, the biggest story of all, with Jaws' impending return, that will be a, a huge deal coming up here Tuesday night. We're you know we're closing you know less than a week away now from that. Um, AutoZone Liberty Bowl with Memphis in it, you know the portal, all that. It's just oh, feels like a lot's going on. This has been the weekend review with Marcionado. Auto. Yeah, it's just a lot. Jaws trial, the the lawsuit trial. It's just a lot. A lot to wrap our arms around, isn't it? No? um, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of B stories. Mm, nothing. To, well, Jaws story is an A story.
1: Uh, no, it's an A attention grabber. In terms of, like, what I actually care about, not an A. It's an A for, for like, attention generating. But it has literally no impact on the season. Jaws
5: return? No, well, but I'm I, I was talking about Jaws Court thing this week. Oh, oh, I thought you meant I meant Jaws return. No, no, not no, the no court but that's thing. not till next week. Oh, okay, I got gotcha, you. Okay, you meant this week. Okay, yeah. I understand what you're saying now. Well, okay. you were the one that was doing the review. No, week. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. Yeah. That, no, I understand. Um, so, it does feel like a perfect time to play some Buy Sell Short or go to Reddit because there's a lot going on. Uh, so a lot of things we can get to. David Cobb will join us in a little bit at 2:40 or so. We'll talk. There's big. Big news? I don't, I'm not sure how to wrap my arms around this one in West Virginia today where a judge basically ruled for the next two weeks at least, anyone who's waiting on a waiver to transfer in college sports, just go. you can go ahead and play if you want to because view, we view the, the transfer waiver in the NCAA as potentially illegal. Uh,
1: the restriction of transfers, correct? I guess so, yes.
5: The limit, the limit. Yes, the 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 restricting anyone's transferability while also claiming that they're not employees. Um does
1: this mean somebody could play all-time quarterback? Could somebody transfer in between possessions?
5: <laughs> You're like or like yeah, play for someone on a yeah. Saturday and then show up on Sunday somewhere no, no, I mean like else.
1: literally in between possessions <laughs> like Switched hey, we don't have a quarterback. so can you just play all-time quarterback?
5: I guess. Uh <laughs> Maybe. Well, we'll talk to Cobb about it, what it means, whether this will amount to a lot or a little or, uh, I don't know. It feels like, what are rules in the NCAA anymore? <laughs> like they, they all seem to be ta- getting taken to court well, first and off, avoided. Mark, they're not rules. They're bylaws. Bylaws. <laughs> uh, three o'clock or so, we will get into the list. Memphis football, we now know their conference opponents next year. Jeffrey, they had to redo them a little bit once they added army uh in the last uh month or so uh so we now know sort of every opponent Memphis football is going to play next year we'll get into that and then obviously got to talk about this Draymond Green is stunned stunned mm. that he would that he would resort to excessive force once again on the basketball court but alas we are back where we started with with Draymond Green uh we'll dive no into, way dive into lays there does sound like sounds like Adam Silver might might actually uh, do something. Might, yeah, might actually do Show something. A backbone? Uh, yeah, potentially. A spine? Anything? Sla- smacking Yusuf Nurkic in the face is one step too far for Adam well, Silver. Well, no, no, it wasn't a smack. It was like a, what, it was a no, swing. No, no, no. no it, Yurkic, Yurkic, it was Yurkic's fault. His face got in the way. Mm.
1: What would you call that? A swing, right? It's like not a punch. Like, it was like a swing. Harrington and I were talking about this morning. I like Harrington's visual. It looked like a discus throw, like the wind up, you know, like the wind up of of a guy. Yeah. I always just think about, I always think about all the offensive linemen that had to go run track to get yeah. out of gym class second semester. They all threw the discus. It looked like every single one of them <laughs>
5: winding back and flipping through. Uh, we'll get into it in the list, and then uh, we'll get you ready for uh, Grizzlies Rockets tonight, uh, seven o'clock tip. You can listen to it right here on 929 FM ESPN. First of two games against the Houston Rockets for the Grizzlies. So lots to get to. Let's start with a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's
2: that time on 929's Giannato and Jeffrey show where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit.
5: All right, Jeffrey. Let's start. Let's go. Let's start with stuff that's happening the soonest and then kind of expand out about with stuff that might happen in the future. Okay? All right. So I'm gonna start with the Grizzlies, because they're the one team in town with a game tonight. And obviously we are moving closer and closer to John Morant's return to the court. Um we're under a week away. Under a week away. Uh and between now and then we get two straight games against the Rockets and Dylan Brooks. Um but I want to focus on this because we kind of we you alluded to this yesterday. Didn't think, didn't think the Grizzlies ultimately would be, in the end, competitive for a playoff spot this year. They've dug themselves too deep a hole, even with John Morant's return, Marcus Smart's return, Luke Kennard's return. And indeed, Jeffrey, ESPN's math- mathematical formula, I guess, or whatever formula they use to calculate chance. I
1: believe, Mark, it's
5: ESPN analytics. ESPN analytics align up with the Jeffrey Wright analytics. Um, My brain. Because they have determined the Memphis Grizzlies, as of today, have a 0.4% chance of making the playoffs as of right now. Okay, so do you have the
1: ESPN analytics of making the play-in? Because I can already sense there's some wiggle room for you. Um, You and Adam Silver, the ultimate jellyfish, trying to weasel your way out of taking a stance on anything.
5: Uh, let's see. I'll have to figure that. I, I, I did not formulate that a- ahead of the show uh, to figure because out. Because
1: your wiggle room would be... I never said they were going to make the playoffs. I just said they were going to be in it. In the mix.
5: Yeah, in the mix. That's what I've gone with. Correct. Yeah.
1: Which, well, by so- your definition, literally, you just have to be within striking distance. No, of-
5: I would say this. I, I, I still... It's probably, you're right, wishful thinking, but I would still, as of today, go, they're going to be in the play in. I, I don't know about the playoffs, but it, it goes to the larger buy, sell, sugar, buy, sell, sugar, go to Reddit. The Memphis Grizzlies have a 0.4% chance of making the playoffs because that's what ESPN's analytics say. I think I'm going to buy it. 04 percent chance because it's, again, it's making the playoffs. This, yes, you're, no, this so, is to me but, making the playoffs to me, the is most, winning in the play-in and stuff and getting through to me being the, in a series. The ceiling, it feels like, is nine, and yeah, that's that, the ceiling. And
1: in that point, you're still going to have to win two games to even get into the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, I I I, I understand everyone keeps doing the. Well, if they just get to X amount of games, X amount of games. I've always just looked at, who are you passing? Mm -hmm. And the math does not work out. Now, if you want to make the argument, you know, one of the teams that I don't think that they're going to pass is the Warriors. Well, they're now probably going to be without Draymond for an extended period. How long? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's entirely possible they're going to be without Draymond for the same length of time that the Grizzlies were without Ja. Uh, I would also argue that that's nowhere near the comparison. Like, if you took Steph off for 25 games, then all of a sudden we're talking. Well,
5: like the team right now, the seven is so right as of right now, it's like Minnesota is in first two games ahead of Oklahoma City, and Dallas and Denver are a half game back of Oklahoma City and tied for third and fourth. You're not catching them. Sacramento is in fifth. They're four games back of Minnesota, so a game and a half back of Dallas and Denver. Still think
1: you're unlikely to catch them.
5: So, like, really, five, six, seven, and eight. Sacramento, L.A.,
0: both Both, L.A.
5: LA teams, Phoenix, and even really Houston and New Orleans at ten. Five through ten are all separated by a game right now. Yeah. Um, And then Golden State is two and a half back of them in 11th. Jazz are three games back of them in 12th. And then you got the Grizzlies, who are 11 back of Minnesota and f- six back of New Orleans, who's in 10th right now.
1: Correct. And so the way that I look at it is you're, the best chances you're going to have to at least pass, you're still going to have to pass
5: Utah. Like as that's... of right now, you'd have to pass to just be in the play in, you'd have to pass Utah, Golden State, and New Orleans right now. Correct. Probably in or Houston. And you can
1: talk me into, you can talk me into, all right, they pass. They're going to pass Utah, whatever. That, that's fine. I don't, have, I don't have an issue with that. Well, I will say. But okay. to me, like, that's when I start looking at the math. The highest that they're going to be is nine. And then they're still going to have to win two. And they're also going to have to exert. They're going to have to have, like, literally exerted so much energy that I think they're going to be out of gas.
5: One, well, it points to, to like, this 2 games set with Houston, like I know you don't. You're not thinking about it in terms of playoffs, but like if you lose both the, both the Houston, not only are you going to fall two more games behind them right now, they'll have the tiebreaker over you if you lose both these games against them because you get you know yeah. you've, already um, lost. you've already lost one to them. Um, so and it gets even more complicated because we got the news this morning that Desmond Bain is questionable tonight due to an illness, so he might not play tonight in Houston, which would feel like uh, obviously would significantly hurt your chances of even having a chance to win this game. You're having enough trouble winning games as is with Desmond Bain playing at a high level. It's going to be very difficult to win this game without Desmond Bain.
1: I will say this. Your ESPN analytics, Mm. that's optimistic. Basketball reference, Mm. 100% chance of missing the playoffs. Wow. And the pre-play in. Wow. And playing. Correct. Wow. Now, I, I believe basketball reference, I think they have a problem like computing when J- like Jaws return.
5: Yeah. Yeah. They're basing it on like this is gonna be the team that Correct. they have the whole year. Correct. Um and that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this. But they also have the best case they also have best case mm-hmm. right now for the
1: Grizzlies is forty and forty two.
5: Gotcha. I, I'm gonna sell this. I think you're right that they like their odds of making the playoffs are significantly less than you would probably want to bet on right now, but it's higher than point four percent chance because of what they're gonna what they're gonna get back. Um, but I don't think they're gonna get in the top. They're certainly not gonna get in the top six. I don't think. I think that's that's just that's wishful thinking. But I do think they there's How about a, a
1: heads up next time you drop a take like that.
5: <laughs> we weren't ready for that. Uh, well, I mean, ultimately, the difference between ten and five or six right now is negligible. So if you're getting in. At 10, you're saying they're catching someone who's at the the current level they are. So, who the heck knows? But I give them more than a .4% chance in reality of making the playoffs this year. Um, I think it's more likely that they don't make the playoffs than they do. (laughs) Again, another... another, uh, Through 22 games, they are seven games back of six. That math is difficult. Yes. uh, Yes, it is. It's a lot. But, again, I think the circumstances do lend themselves to maybe if there's going to be a situation where maybe they overcome some of this math, it's this type of circumstance where the team that has struggled so much is going to change pretty dramatically from a personnel standpoint here in a couple weeks or even less than a week. Um, again, probably not likely, but I, that's that's my thoughts. We'll, we'll get more into it uh Next hour, because I I do believe Jeffrey, this is the last game of the Grizzlies as we know them. I think.
1: Uh, yes, I think tonight's the farewell.
5: This well, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of minor roster decisions they're gonna have to make over the next week or a couple months, really. Um, maybe they start minor and they get more major as you go along. But tonight begins one of them because I believe this is the last game of of uh, Jalen Noel's second ten day contract. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll dive into that next hour. The roster crunch going on as well with the Rays. All right, another buy sell sugar. Right? Let's go a little further out. Big Tiger basketball game against Clemson Saturday. Penny Hardaway was just on with Jason and John. They're making you know making a push here, trying to get the FedEx Forum full for that one. Uh, number thirteen, Clemson, I believe, uh, undefeated. Clemson. Coming in I think here, it's thirteen
1: in the AP, and I believe eleven in the in the poll in yeah. your poll,
5: yeah. Um, so, obviously, trying to get people in the stands. It's an ESPN Plus game too. So if you if you don't want to watch streaming, your only chance is to uh, be at FedEx FedEx Forum. But really, yes, it's a plus game because of bowls. That's true. Um, and, like, the, I'm sure there's, like, SEC basketball game, you know? Like well, I
1: mean, you're not going to put it on the ACC network because it's a home game for Memphis. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So uh, it's an ESPN Plus game. Really? They couldn't fit it in the U? I know. It feels like at least a U game. I agree. But, alas, uh, that's what it is. But, obviously, you also have the news yesterday that Naquan Tomlin has committed to Memphis. It doesn't appear, based on what Penny said with Jason and John, That he will play Saturday. Um, There's still some things they got to do, I I would assume, to get him enrolled and ready to go. But I ask you this, Jeffrey: Buy still sure to go to Reddit, Naquan Tomlin, the six foot ten Kansas State transfer, is the reinforcement? Because that's the word, Penny. I believe Jason and John used that with him. A reinforcement's coming on Saturday. He said no. Um, Naquan Walton is the reinforcement. Naquan Tomlin, excuse me, is the reinforcement. That will make this a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, this Memphis basketball team. So, I'm going to short this mm. because
1: I'm pretty sure everybody, everybody's going to buy that. Yeah. What's going to make them a top four seed is these next two games. <laughs> and it seems highly unlikely to me that he's going he's to play. He's certainly
5: not playing Saturday. Correct. And, it, yeah, it, it would seem like a really fast turnaround to go play on Tuesday, but yes. I'm with you i I'll just straight sell this because I think you're ultimately you are correct well, I mean the these two th- games are gonna determine a lot of like I think they're gonna have a a I think they're gonna have a gaudy record in conference play now that they added Naquan Tomlin. I thought they were gonna have a gaudy record in conference play without Naquan Tomlin. maybe they suffer one less loss than they would have you know with him in conference play where he was where he can make the biggest difference is. If you could if you could get him somehow ready for these two games I don't it seems like a tall ask with both admissions and just like getting him used to playing here um that's when he's gonna be the most helpful I guess maybe Vanderbilt you know I don't know Vanderbilt's not good this year but I guess you know it is a powerful well, I mean, team me, if to me the if you buy this it's
1: you think he makes a difference in the FAU games yeah but I mean
5: they're yeah, no, they do have. a – I mean, they do they're have a good gonna big have, guy. They're still going to have the that guy. What's is he Polish? Yeah, the Vladislav. Yeah. I, don't know, I, don't, I forget his name. Very yes. Eastern European. Remember, they had like a bunch of six two, six yes, three, and six four guys, and then him, and then him, like a pretty, Vladislav Golden. I think is his name. I forget exactly what it is, but um, it uh, it'll be. I, And he's going to help him march. Like, you're going to need that guy when you get into the NCAA tournament, when you get into the AAC tournament, all that. Like, he's good. But ultimately, I think you're right. Like, these two games, if you don't get both of these, I think when push comes to shove with how the league is probably going to be from top to bottom, your numbers and your your quad one wins are just not going to be there to be a top four seed if you don't get these next two. Just but and it's not you're going to be the fault of this team and how good they are. It's going to be just the realities of the league they're in. I guess you can make the argument if you get one of the two, perhaps because I think w- then maybe you can be a top six, like top.
1: Because Lenardi right now, Lenardi has them as a six,
5: I believe, when he did his latest. Here's what I think: I think they need to get to thirty wins to be a top four seed. When after, like, that includes the conference tournament. I think that's probably your, for this team in this league, and that would involve them winning out the rest of non-conference. Well, what's, the, what's
1: the format of the conference
5: tournament now? Is well, it double-buy? I think they'll play three games in as, the conference tournament if they, with where they are as the one seed, if they're the one or two seed. They'll play three games. Okay. Um... I believe so. I don't think I don't think it adds for for the top four seeds. I don't. I think it's like more like there's six teams that get a buy now. I think is how it goes. Um, Don't quote me on that either. I gotta go check. They they've laid it out, but I think Memphis, for all intents and purposes, if they're like a one or two seed in the league, they will they will it'll be the same as it was the past couple years where they they got to win three games to win the conference title, which would mean you got to be twenty seven and four at the end of the year. Yeah, okay. Um that's what I think it's going to take to be a top 4 seed out of this league. That type of record. Yeah, so you could drop one and then You, you could drop you could
1: split with FAU, but, but that would to, mean then you that literally would, have to beat
5: everybody else. I'm, I yeah. the way I think about it is they're probably going to lose some random road game you don't expect in conference play. It just happens. Every you know, like every team suffers that kind of loss at some point in conference play. A random road game where you you don't have it and the other team Memphis is going to be everyone's biggest game in league play, you know. This year, with what they've I mean, got, you could
1: talk me into they get four conference losses.
5: E- exactly, and and then that that's going to harm you a little bit because of the con- But there's also a scenario where they, you know, they they can win these next two even without Naquan Tomlin. Oh yeah, Clemson and Virginia. I don't th- like. I think Clemson looks good. I don't think either Clemson or Virginia. I would consider one of the five or six or even ten best teams in the country right now. I, even the rankings don't like, and I don't think it'll come out that way. Like, I've watched both of them play. I think, to me, Clemson, I think Memphis has a... Virginia's going to present some unique challenges for Memphis. Well, it's just a stylistic. Stylistic, and Virginia's got NBA prospects on their team. Sure. Um, Even though they play that weird style, you know, a slow-down style. Like, I don't think... I don't know if Clemson has any NBA guys on their team. Um, So, um, nonetheless... And Memphis doesn't have any NBA guys on their team. They have a lot of pros. Like, Clemson is very similar to Memphis. They got a lot of pros. You know, like, a lot of guys are going to make a lot of money playing basketball. I mean,
4: just not- a lot of guys
5: make a lot of money playing basketball right now. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Good point. It's basically like, this is yeah. European ball now. Yeah, this is this is overseas ball. <laughs> um, Yeah, so there's that, that your All right, last buy, sell, sure, go to Reddit. This is an interesting one because um, some of it involves my old uh, stomping grounds, my hometown. Yeah. Bring back – I'm a little triggered by this news, Jeffrey. So we've got stadium news, or stadium slash arena news around the country. One, in Oklahoma City, they've now approved that plan where Oklahoma City is going to give at least $850 million in order for the Thunder to build a new arena. It'll come from a increase in the sales tax mostly there in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City ownership of the basketball team is kicking in like $50 million. Um, but they're going to get a brand new arena in Oklahoma City. And then, more dramatically, because we kind of, that had been announced a couple months ago, and it just needed to get voted through. And it appears it's been voted through. In D.C., developing over the last couple days, um, they kept it very hush-hush for a while, very effectively, it appears. Um, but the Washington Wizards and Capitals owner, Ted Leonsis, is moving those teams at, or he's planning to move those teams out of downtown D.C., got himself a stadium deal or an arena deal in northern Virginia, Jeffrey. Um, $2 billion deal to move. He'll get a new arena and kind of like, you know, the Braves have all that retail and stuff around their state. That's become the model. Smart. Yeah, mixed you. He's getting he's getting also like a sweetheart deal on the land, uh, the leases, if you will. Uh, Is there room for a baseball stadium there too? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think if he buys the Nationals, it might because he's trying to buy the Nationals he's too. Saying, know, if You ever
1: seen down in Arlington? There's a nice little complex.
5: Um, so they even have an old stadium that they don't even use anymore. <laughs> that's <laughs> really not that old. <laughs> well, he's going to have an over in downtown DC. There's going to be now an old arena. Yeah, but he's going <laughs> to sell that yeah, probably. But all right, so those are your two things. So, but DC ultimately not he pit you know ultimately it's a unique situation for the DC pro sports teams because technically you know we they've had pro arenas in Maryland, DC and Virginia over the years. Um although this will actually be Virginia's first major professional team, like the first major professional team to play in Virginia will be the Washington Wizards and Washington Capitals if they move there in 20 I think it'll be like 2029, 20, 2030. 20, the Virginia Squires, if you remember them from the ABA, Who can forget? the ABA days, that's the closest Virginia's gotten. If you want to count ABA as major professional sports, maybe. I do not Ah, uh, you do not. No. Uh, so, um, we had one of those too. <laughs> um, but ultimately, DC is losing. You know, two of its professional teams uh, who've been there since 1997. So, kind of a similar. You no, know, Phoenix forms a few years older than. Uh, they're or newer. They're,
1: they're very than, similar in the time. Like they even look. The interior looks similar. It's yes. like that
5: very. FedEx Forum, late '90s, early 2000s. FedEx Forms a little nicer. As someone who's been in both, yeah. But I'm just saying, line. like, if you look at just the the seating configuration, you're right, though. Yes, it's they're they're of the same era. Yes, um, the buildings. And um, so here's where my buy sell sure go to Reddit for you, because obviously we're in the midst here of our own stadium, arena, uh, renovation discussion debate situation, if you will. Buy South Sugar right at the news out of Oklahoma City and D.C. is good news for Memphis. Um, I don't know how you could look at D.C.
1: and say that's good news because um, they're
5: moving. I could I could spin that for you and why I would buy this.
1: No, but like it's also not a it's not a it's not a real comparison. All right, here's where I'm going to buy it. Mm. <coughs> What's gotten left out of the Oklahoma City conversation mm-hmm. is they finally put it up for a vote. Yeah. And the campaign was something along the lines of keep Oklahoma City big time or Major League.
5: <laughs> yes. And it was – it was the two sides of that argument were, one, keep – like, we need to do this to keep the Thunder. Correct. And be big, you know, as you put it, you know, keep it Major League. The other side was there were, like, the sales tax increase was coming partly coming from like that sales tax increase had been in effect previously, but it was like funding other programs, not the Oklahoma City Thunder. So it's the way they were able to sell it to the community was we're not actually adding a new tax. We're just extending this increase in the sales tax. It's just instead of going to like social programs, it's not going to go to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that was, but that was what the opponent said. Like, you're taking away from these social programs just for corporate welfare, essentially.
1: And so, the reason why you could talk me into this being good news, I'm not convinced if they go to the state again Mm -hmm. that they're going to get money. I'm also not convinced that they, like, you could talk me into either way.
5: The city and the Grizzlies you're talking about. Correct. And
1: mainly it's the Grizzlies, let's be real. I think it's the city, too. On behalf of the Grizzlies or whatever, yeah. whoever. Let's be real; it's the lobbyists going on behalf.
5: Yes. Well, I think then I think the mayor's going to be on. It's like all hands on deck, honestly, from a city perspective. Right. Whoever you need to go. Whoever needs to go there is going there.
1: Right. And you can talk me into a scenario where they get money again. Mm-hmm. You can also talk me into a scenario where they go, "Y'all, <laughs> we gave you three hundred fifty million cash. Mm-hmm. Like, no, so- it's it's up to you to to figure out the rest." And while I think that would be not good, that's when you can talk me into referendum of voting. Some of these, because like some of these tax measures that they, they really can't implement because they need state funding. My understanding is they could do a sales tax, but there's the, the there's moral questions of do sa- sales tax
5: impacts. Well, and already Tennessee, Tennessee already has a high sales, a really high sales tax. Yeah, yeah sales but we don't have a state no- income tax. Yes, yeah, so, so you always got
1: Listen, the government always gets theirs. The, the, yes. You can you can figure it out one way or the other. But you could talk me into everyone decides. Like, if you put it up for a vote, that the because I think it was like 70-30 in Oklahoma City, you could talk me into a scenario where it's pretty similar here. And then all of a sudden, that's where funding starts. Where does that funding come from, ultimately, though, still? Like, just Maybe, because everyone wants it, you think they're just... I mean, I think all of a sudden you're dealing with 11% sales tax.
5: Oh, I see. You can you can ultimately you can sell anything yes. to the public when you have that mandate. Correct. I see. Yes. I see what you're saying. Well, here's we, why I, we give you permission. Here's why I, here's why I buy it. You mentioned the Oklahoma City side, where like they kind of showed you a template of you know, ultimately if the if the people want this, you can make it happen. They
1: showed you the template for the PR campaign.
5: Yes. Um and here's why I would say the DC one I think is good news too. It's because This deal was brokered by the state of Virginia. And so now the state of Tennessee, you can point over there and go, listen, the state of Virginia is putting up $2 billion in order to get the Capitals and Wizards over the Potomac River and in their tax base. You can't give $600 million to keep the group. We're not even asking. That's two teams. And that's a mixed use facility. But like, we're just asking for like $500, five hundred, six hundred. This is the cost of doing business at a state level. Virginia just showed you what you have to do to keep an m, you know, to get NBA teams on your in your tax base, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I think the argument that I would I would point out is, well, that's what we did. We gave you
5: the money last. You time. get three hundred fifty million. The, the wizards and, and caps are showing right. you the cost of doing business is significantly they higher gave, than that. But they gave you $350 million cash.
1: Did they – Has does anyone point it out? Like is the, I don't know. Is, what the, 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 G- is the state of Virginia – are they literally infusing cash?
5: Well, it hasn't been approved. They still have to get it through the Virginia state legislature. Like, this is just the announcement of it. I don't know the particulars of where – I would assume it's not all cash. I would assume some of that $2 billion is incentive-laden and all that's tax – Revenues, I'm going to go whatever. out on a limb and guess a lot of it is not cash. In fact, I'm going to guess
1: a lot of it is bonds.
5: Nonetheless. Interest,
1: essentially interest-free loan.
5: There's a template there of a Which you state, can make
1: the argument functions as
5: cash. It's $2 billion but, that they put up to do that.
1: And that just shows you like, right, but they're also not building a $2 billion
5: NFL stadium. Listen, if you want to keep the NBA here, This is the cost of doing business at a state level. But you
1: could also talk me into where the state goes. We just did that. They didn't. But again, three hundred fifty million is not close. But but they did not give Nashville cash. Like everyone keeps doing that. Everyone's acting like Memphis got cash, straight cash, homie.
5: Well, I don't think Memphis necessarily needs to get the rest of this two hundred million in cash. It can be through different. They rejected some of the tax streams they wanted to use for this. Maybe they, you know, maybe they approve them now that they realize like okay, we need to do this or we're going to have to infuse cash or we're going to have to, you know, potentially lose the Grizzlies. But I just like the fact that the deal was brokered at the state level to get that team over the border. It wasn't like Alexandria, the city that they're, the team is technically going to be in. Uh the the Wizards and Capitals. It was the state negotiating it, and it's it's a uh, it's pointing it, I think it helps cuz you can go to them and go, "Look at what Virginia's doing." it's this is you're not going to be doing something that's completely like stepping out a line. This is what Virginia just did to get an NBA and NHL team across the border there. Uh, and if you want to keep the Grizzlies here like the state's got to get involved. That's how that's with the le- the amount of money that is involved in this now. Like this is what has to happen. If you want to keep the team in Memphis. And now it's different dynamics and that like you know like here in you know northern virginia and maryland compete for the stadium deals south haven and west memphis are not trying to get the grizzlies you yeah. know like that's that's not the dynamic at play here but i think it is i actually would turn this even though it's like it seems like it's a team leaving because ultimately dc didn't step up like they should have or like they you know or like they should have if they wanted to keep the teams um i also think you could spin it as here was a state getting involved in making a stadium deal come or an arena deal, if you will, happen for a jurisdiction, and so maybe that's maybe that's good news for the Grizzlies in there because that that's what they're going to need ultimately. They're going to need the state to do to step up again, and hopefully they will. Yeah, I think I think that's very clear. All right, when we come
1: back. Big news in the courts against the NCAA. We'll discuss it with Cobb next
2: Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of g is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey show on 92.9 FM ESPN.
1: David Cobb writes about college football and college basketball for CBS Sports. Go follow him on Twitter on X at David W. Cobb. Cobb, I want to get into the latest NCAA Court decisions, but before we do that, what are the Tigers getting in Naquan Tomlin?
3: Hey, they're getting a, a double-figure scorer from an elite eight team and a guy who has a lot of length. Which, from what I hear, it sounds like uh, Jordan Brown may not be around uh, too much longer. Sounds, sounds it, like well, it sounds like first off, uh,
1: Cobb, the number one, the you got to tell him to get well soon.
3: Well, he's sick. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. He's, yes. He's, he's obviously yes under the weather. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going around. So obviously. We, we, it is, and we yeah. hope he we, we hope he feels yes. better. Uh, hopefully, Penny is uh, kept in the loop about that sickness. He seemed a little bit unsure after the A and M game. Yes, but, uh, uh, no, today I think you know, he's our, still he's still sick today. Everybody deals with sickness in their own that's true way. So uh, anyway, I mean, Nick Montgomery's a great player though. So uh, that's a I mean, what a weird thing to be able to go and get a guy who. Six weeks ago, it seemed like he was going to be playing for Kansas State and be a starter for Kansas State, and now all of a sudden he's available mid-year. Uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic uh, for Memphis, and he'll be he'll be helpful. He's long, he's old, he fits exactly like who they already are almost to a T.
1: No, we say that it's a weird thing. Maybe this is just going to become the norm because after today's court rulings, again, help help explain it. So it's a. It's a court in the Northern District of West Virginia, correct, that was challenged about the waiver limit. And the ruling essentially stated the NCAA has no right to limit the amount of transfers, to limit the amount of transfers. Now, the question becomes is, does this appeal, does this apply to everyone? Is this one court? Where, Where do you start with this?
3: Yeah, so the NCAA has subsequently released a statement saying that it will not enforce uh, its rules over the period of this temporary injunction. What a world. What a world. So, yeah, but it's not permanently resolved yet. My my understanding is that this is a 14-day ruling. The NCAA is going to abide by the ruling for that time, but they are going to appeal – and try to get a different ruling on the 27th. So this may not be permanent, but in the short term, there are dozens of basketball players around the country who will benefit from this. Uh, Localizing it a little bit, the one that comes to mind is uh, Brandon Murray at Ole Miss, and he was ineligible because he went from LSU to Georgetown to Ole Miss, and he's only a third-year player, so it's not like he had graduated and was eligible as a graduate transfer like all these Memphis guys are. Nice. And uh, so a guy like that's going to benefit greatly from this, uh, at least <laughs> at least for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Chris Beard will be able to play him if he wants to. Like ultimately, though, what the hell is the NCAA doing? Like
5: how, they got to do something here. they all their rules have been invalidated. Like, <laughs> ult- like I don't well, understand. Like, well, well, but I, 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 riddle me this. If all of your
1: bylaws, which they're not rules, Mark, they're bylaws. Ugh. If all their bylaws don't stand up,
5: how do you make how do you fight it with what do you make more bylaws that are not going to stand up? I think no, it's ultimately like if we're going to have this change in college sports, it needs to happen now. Like what are we waiting for? That we're like going like all the everything the NCAA has quote unquote built is being torn down. What are we waiting for to rebuild something that people actually want? As stru- like there yeah, needs to be some structure.
3: Well, I don't know why the NCAA is going to try and appeal this ruling. If they are, maybe they'll back down from that. But if they choose to appeal it, it's, it's a fruitless endeavor because the uh, NCAA Board of Directors, like, like six weeks ago, asked the NCAA to revisit this very issue. So the Board of Directors was already, like, leaning away from these rules to begin with, and now the NCAA is tr- going to try to fight to uphold them in court. It just seems like wasted energy, wasted breath. I mean, look, I'm not sitting here saying, yay, college sports free agency. But, like, you know, my amateur lawyer mind here is thinking NCAA has no path forward here. Like, why? why are they wasting the energy on this?
5: We're eventually going to get to a place, right, where these guys have to sign contracts. Like, actual, like, like... What they the are pros they, sign? We, no, but they're going to be, they're going to be, they're going to have to make them employees. It's going to have to go to that. There's okay, no, but here's the other problem: they're not going to be able to afford a lot of, you know, the other sport. guess like that's what's going to happen if they keep going on this path. We, no, my question is: what happens to? And, Cobb,
1: you might have a better sense this. What happens? Like, if you, if you do that, this mm-hmm. is what a lot of the a lot of the blowhard journalists that mm-hmm. don't really understand how it works. If this is the path you're going for, mm-hmm. you're basically going to play two sports because yes. you're turning it into a business. Mm-hmm. You're going to play football and you're going to play basketball. Yep. And maybe some people will play baseball. Baseball, and then maybe some will play women's basketball. That make there are plenty of schools that make money on women's basketball, but they're few and far between. Mm-hmm. So maybe you do that. But Cobb, like, what does that do for the whole rest of the thing? Like, I don't, I don't feel like everyone's. Act, I think everyone just like says they should be employees. They should be employees and act like and act like that. That solves everything. It doesn't solve anything.
3: Well, there's money to be taken away from the coach's salary pool. There's money to be pulled yeah. away from the administrative salary pool. I mean, you're talking at, at like Tennessee, for example, like in, in the 21, 22 year, they, they spent almost $60 million on coaching salaries and on administrative costs, which are like administrative salaries. Like that, that, the industry is bloated and so these, these athletic departments can say, "Whoa, this is catastrophic!" And if we have to pay the players, then we'll have to cut sports. But I think before we get to that point, there needs to be some inward reflection about what they can cut from uh, from themselves, being the coaches and the uh, the administrative staff. And I think I think we are nearing the like breaking point for coaching salaries. I think within the next three years, the the coaching salaries will will hit the ceiling. And, like, we won't see them go any higher.
5: It, it feels like in a lot of ways for, like, a lot of the various revenue streams in sports, it feels like we're, we are we were talking about it off-air, Jeffrey. The, the, the price of sports franchises has ballooned to the point where I think, like, we're going to reach a point soon where there's a bubble simply because, like, who can afford how much these teams are worth at this point? There's not very many people. Then you've got the TV rights, whether it's college football or we're seeing in the NBA now where this exponential growth over the years is s- certainly slowing down and it feels like maybe, you know, some people think that bubble could burst and now you're talking about this here, like the administrative well, side.
1: we might have also, Cobb, we might have seen it to a smaller degree with a and I know everyone laughs at Jimbo's buyout, but I took notice, like, I think for a while we kept thinking, oh, that this was like a Shiano Sunday with – uh with the Mark Stoops revolt, I don't really think there was a revolt. I think the more you figured it out is AM's board sat there and said, "We have two very similar coaches in Mark Stoops and in uh, 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 um, Mike, Elko. Mike Elko." I was say I was like I was thinking of Ted Roof, the former Duke coach, in Mike Elko. But one's going to cost us seven million a year, and he'll take the job. We can have an incentive later. Versus the other one, we're going to have to go pay, I don't know, 40 to $50 million and then give them $10-plus a year. I think they made a business decision, and yeah. I, I think that's kind of where it might be starting. And if A&M's making a business decision, i, I got to think
3: most of the other schools are going to start doing the same. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, they would have almost had to give Stoops Jimbo money to yes. leave in Kentucky worth it, <laughs> which would have been ridiculous. So, yeah, the Elko decision was much more financially savvy and sound you know the thing one thing I, I i'm curious to know how long it takes for us to get to this point is what this idea charlie baker at the ncaa has of establishing these trust funds the conversation uh, starter yeah uh I, how long until it started it, we start writing it into the coaching contracts that a certain percentage of their salary will go into those trust funds right because uh, the coaches are, are trying to – they're banging the door on the collectives and saying, you guys have to donate if we're going to get enough players uh, in here to actually win. And it's like, well, dude, look in the mirror. You make $6.5 million to go seven and five? Dog, how about you donate um, 10% of your salary? You can go buy yourself three linemen. It, you even donate thr- like 10% of your salary. And so, I mean, I think that's the obvious thing. Oh, the I, I, the to your board. point, I oh, think,
1: board. I think it's starting – I mean, I heard – I heard stories of G5 coaches that were interviewing for P5 jobs that were saying, okay, take, you know, instead of paying me $5 million a year, pay me $3 million a year, take that $2 million, put it into the NIL fund, and then kind of do the, doing the same with the staff. So, I mean, I, I think it's probably headed that way sooner rather than later.
3: Yeah, and you're making more as a Power Five coach, even if you're donating. Correct. A lot. Yeah,
1: it, you know that it works for guys that are making a million bucks; they're still getting a three hundred percent pay raise, and then they're saying, "Well, use the rest to go get talent."
3: Yeah, and so we're going to have to phase out some of these these guys who have been you know, suckling at the teat of a bloated industry for quite, a, quite some time here. And, and maybe once we do, we can get these coaching salaries under control. But, yeah, the ruling today is just, to me, more evidence that the NCAA has no leg to stand on in court. It is more negative momentum for the association as a whole, and it's ultimately going to lead toward this sort of free agency and, and, and the mass uh, transferring even more than we've seen. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if, if, in light of today's ruling, there's like 100 new football players trying to enter the transfer transfer portal like as we speak oh i mean you gotta think right yeah because uh yeah i know for now it's only a 14-day ruling but it certainly suggests that uh the day is coming when you'll be able to transfer four times in four years or five times in five years or or what have you
1: but i mean i think also you got to do the calculus that you you started off with does anyone really believe like the nca is saying that they're going to go try to get uh, another ruling We've seen the NCA say they're going to do things, and then when push comes to shove, if it's considered anti-player, which this is considered anti-player, they just back down. Because I think yeah. Bud Elliott, Bud Elliott laid it out perfectly today on Twitter. Essentially, what it came down to is the NCA said, uh, you know, the courts are saying to the NCA, you say that they're not employees, correct? And the NCA is like, yes, they're not employees, and then the courts have essentially said. So why are you you know why do you why are you giving them non competes if they're not employees and I just don't know if there's a lot of courts that are going to support that.
3: Yep, yeah. How about the uh, the Northern District of West Virginia giving us a, a big time ruling? I mean, yes. probably the biggest biggest day that courtroom has seen since the uh, the Hatfields and McCoys. I would I would imagine. Well, it's just it's a lot of adjectives, also. <laughs>
1: yeah, a lot yeah, of directional. No like North Northern West Virginia feels like if you're watching a movie that didn't want to pay to license. College football names like Northern West Virginia would be one of the schools that you know that you'd see in that type of movie.
3: Yeah, let's hope we don't have a, a, a video game here in a few months that has a, a team called Northern West Virginia in it. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to figure out how to write the judge's name and like properly <laughs> identify him, and I was like, I was like thirteen letters deep into proper nouns uh, before I just decided to call him a U.S. District Court Judge. There you go. and uh, get on with it. Yeah
1: i i i do indeed like that
3: uh how
1: for you you're you're paid to keep up with this how how locked into the portal are you right now because i think i've given up i, I think oh, i've reached football. my saturation point
3: yeah i'm hands off with the football portal man <laughs> like it's too much, it's I, mean, too I, much. I, I try to keep keep tabs on uh on a quarterback, yeah. If there's the a if, if there's
5: a big quarterback name, I'll pay attention.
1: Uh, yeah. Like yeah. like
3: yesterday,
5: Memphis Law, Cam Smith. Like who was a starting saint. Played a lot for this team on defense this past season. Entered the transfer portal, and I was just like, whatever. They'll probably get someone who's yeah. you know like they'll probably, they'll get someone to replace him. You know they'll figure it out. You know like it's just like yeah. it's just it, it, it's kind of yeah. When there's over what are there fifteen hundred names or something in it in the portal or well, something.
1: I, I'm with Cobb. I I suspect after today there's going to be more.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah,
3: five, year, five years ago the Memphis starting safety going into the portal was like a breaking news story that yes. you got to have, right? Yeah. And now it's just like oh, maybe a tweet if I'm feeling energetic. Well, no, it. remember
1: remember when losing a guy to the portal was a sign of cracks in the program? Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. You've lost the locker
3: room.
5: He went in the portal. Yeah, oh and now it's Like whatever. No, no, no. Now it's like it's like all right. Well, just as long uh, as you get yeah. you get as much as you lost yeah. out of it. You know, like two years ago, Ryan Silverfield, the portal was a problem, not because he lost guys to the portal. It was because it felt like when push came to shove, he didn't get, you know, as much as he lost. This year, yeah, yeah he lost like some significant guys to the portal, but he got a bunch of guys, significant contributors to this year's team out of the portal, and so he didn't really care. Like can't remember when yeah. Caden pre scoring left for Ole Miss, yeah. it was like, Holy crap, but like ultimately, like I didn't really think about Caden prescore not being on this team this past season for Memphis because ultimately they got more than they I think lost in the portal.
3: Yeah. It usually evens out in the long run and you know, people can debate whether or not oh, is it good for a team? Is it good for, for the sport? I don't know. I, I do know this though, it is good for content because
1: <laughs> I mean Oh, that's you know, what yeah, it, that's that's important. And and, and takes <laughs> and takes off the content.
5: Yeah.
3: Yeah, and that gets that does matter though because you think about like the NBA and like the interest that is driven for the NBA over the offseason season with free agency, and that's like a huge part of what being an NBA fan is. I know a lot of traditional college sports fans love college sports because they aren't the NBA and they aren't the NFL, and, and so I get that. But in terms of, like, driving interest and engagement in college football, like, it's actually a good thing. But the only problem, though, is that it, it's at the worst time. <laughs> because, like, we should be talking about the bowl games right now. We should be talking about the coaching carousel. We should be uh, getting ready for uh, signing day, which is in less than two weeks. But, it's a week, uh, I believe, portal, early
5: signing day. is a week from today. Who would have known?
3: Yeah, in-
4: this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.